Yo, this is BJ Gador, host of the weekly BJ podcast. I'm a former fat guy turned cover model, and I'm also the former fitness director for the Men's Health brand. I specialize in helping busy men and women just like you burn fat, build muscle, and boost metabolism while having a little fun along the way. And I'll be interviewing some of the most influential men and women in the health, fitness, and nutrition space to give you a weekly dose of Fitspiration. Follow me everywhere on social media at BJ Gador, B-J-G-A-D-D-O-U-R. And for more podcasts, plus workout, meal prep, and mobility content, please visit thedailybj.com, hashtag not a porn site. Membership is just $9.69 per month. Cancel anytime. If you enjoy this episode, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when each weekly episode is posted. This is the Weekly BJ Podcast. Yo, this is BJ Gador with the Weekly BJ Podcast, and we have a very special guest today, the fitness legend himself, Sean T. Uh, he has a new book out called T is for Transformation. If you don't know this guy, you actually, you haven't watched TV in probably a decade because he's on uh, at all times, particularly about 4 a.m. in hotels. Uh, so you, you've been seeing this guy everywhere. You know, Insanity, Focus T25, uh, Size, Hip Hop Abs, his first program, uh, Beachbody's True Super Trainer, and, and now he's been doing his own thing, has his own podcast. He's got a lot of exciting projects in the mix, but I wanted to get him on because uh, he has an incredible story. And with with Sean, he knows his exercise and his workout program. He knows the diet side, but he knows that it's all about the mental game. And I really wanted to dive in with that piece of it today because it's the most overlooked. It's not as sexy maybe as, you know, like a cool new exercise or a cool new diet, but it is the stuff that creates the change and makes the change last. So, Sean, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, BJ. And you know, I want to say it is sexy. Most people might think (laughs) that mental fitness isn't sexy, but it is sexy because think about that girl that you're trying to get, right? Or the guy or whoever, you know, whoever you are, whatever you're trying to date. Think about that person, right? And you go out on a date and they start asking you questions and you really actually know yourself and you know who you are. You know, the physical attribute, we all know sometimes you get relationships and you gain that comfortable 15 pounds anyway because you get all comfortable, right? <laughs> but what they're going to be attracted to is your mind. So it, I think I personally feel that the mental game is just as sexy because if you can't, you know, if you can't talk to somebody who knows himself, it's going to be a bit of a struggle. <laughs> Definitely. Har- harder to Instagram about, though. That That's maybe my main point there. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know, that's a really good point. That's really good point. We should find a way to, to figure out how to Instagram the mental game. Well, you know, you have to because, frankly, it's hard to create new exercises every day. And how do you keep posting things that excite people? It's it's, uh, it's tough, man. And you know the grind. You're a daily content guy, too. But uh, but the mentality of it is critical. And you look at you and people see you all ripped up on covers, magazine covers, book covers, DVD covers, and they would never have known that you had a big fitness struggle yourself, gaining 50 pounds your freshman year. You want to touch on that first, uh, just kind of how you got into fitness and, and you know, uh, not, not the long version, because obviously we want to get into more about the book today and the mental side, but, uh, you know, your origin story. For those that don't know that, you know, that there's more to you than just abs all the time. 
Yeah, you know, and I think I was pretty cursed with the first program I ever put out called Hip Hop Abs. So, really quick, funny story before I go into my fifty-pound weight loss. <laughs> when Hip Hop Abs came out on TV, it was you know, you know, it was the first kind of dance program like that. And so I would walk down the street, and everyone would be like, "Hey, Shanti, can I feel your abs?" And I'm like, "Holy crap! What if it's a day where you we all have that day?" where you don't quite feel the abs are popping. So it was kind of a curse, but it was also really exciting at the same time. (laughs) But going back to, you know, to get back into how I actually even got the abs. And yes, I was, you know, a freshman in college. I was going through a lot of mental struggles as I was heading into college on top of the fact that I came from a background where my family was on food stamps. And so we were taught to be very, you know, responsible with food and not overeat and, you know, I touch a little bit on, bit on some of the, like, little surprises that I do in my book to steal food from my kitchen. But, um, <laughs> you know, and so in college, I mean, the food card was there. I could eat whatever I wanted on top of, you know, going to a university and trying to figure out who I was. And I woke up one day and I looked in the mirror and I realized I was so unhappy with the way that I looked and so unhappy with the way that I felt. And I gained 50 pounds. And this is coming from a guy who was in the final heat of the 400 intermediate hurdle state championships, you know, just a year and a little bit ago. So when you actually come to your own reality and see that you've put on all this weight and the feeling behind that, the compound of like the weight and then the feeling, the weight of the feeling that you feel just, just not confident about who you are can really spark something in you and so for me what it did it just told me to go to the gym I ran on the treadmill 10 minutes a day and I just did the best that I could do but without getting into necessarily how I lost the weight right away the reason why I'm here today in the in the health and fitness world is because I lost four pounds it, it wasn't because I lost the 50 pounds it was because I lost four pounds and I remember I was at 228 and when I got to 224 you know I said to myself oh my goodness, if I can get people to feel this way, I was like, wow. And then I ended up getting to 219 pounds. So I broke that 220 pound barrier. And it wasn't necessarily about the number. It was about the feeling. And so I remember saying, if I can get people to feel this way, I I want to do this for the rest of my life. And I changed my major from communications to sports science because I just said to myself, "I, I want to strive for the rest of my life to get people to feel good about who they are. And so... But it was a journey, man. It was a struggle to look in the mirror. And then even going through that journey, you're still looking at the scale all the time. And I remember I hit like 215 and then 211. And then I broke the 210 mark. And I remember I was 201 pounds forever. There was some some kind of barrier that was like, I cannot get under 201 pounds. And I know a lot of people listening whether you want to gain weight or whether you want to lose weight, you put so much power in that number and that number actually stifles you from moving forward because obviously and not getting into, you know, being a doctor or whatever, but you know, stress can literally stifle your progress either way you want to go. And so, you know, I just had to like beat this entire thing with my mental strength. And, and that's what I did. And full disclosure, I never got back to the 178 pounds, but, uh, <laughs> you know, actually that's a lot. 
I got back to 178 pounds when I actually my appendix ruptured and I was in the hospital. And I told that entire story on how that progressed. And I got to 176 pounds. And so for people who say, I want to get back to my goal weight or whatever it is, I want you to think about this. When you were in high school, your body wasn't developed yet. So when I was in the hospital and feeling sick and recovering from this crazy thing that happened to me, and I looked in the mirror and I was 176 pounds, I'm like, this is way too skinny and I never want to be here. And that, that just kind of validates and cosigns what I tell people. It's not always about getting to the goal weight. It's about getting to where you feel comfortable and where you feel you can sustain it. And uh, while the book is not all about, you know, just weight loss, it's probably pretty much not really about weight loss at all. It's about the tools that you gain to be able to sustain the weight loss and to feel good about yourself in those moments so you don't give power to the number. So many takeaways there. You know, one, if you're stuck at a certain weight, it appears if you take out your appendix, that can push you ahead to the to the next step. So that, that's a good that's a good tip because you don't need that. You can, you can take it out. You'll be fine. Uh, second thing is you can be a track star, tennis player, and still be susceptible to weight gain. Because the thing about weight, man, it, it's the weight adds weight. Just having the extra weight on you, that extra weight of you know doing things during the day and and, and uh, you know attacking your workouts, the uh, your work, uh, it just it weighs you down, and, and that's why fat is so dangerous because it's exponential. So uh, you know, and you can dig yourself into a pretty deep hole pretty quickly. And I think one thing, one of the truth bombs, and I'm gonna, I, I have a bunch of your truth bombs from your book written down, and I thought I'd just yes. add them in where it makes sense. You talk about where is it here? Well, I just messed up my whole little my whole little bit here. But it was really about uh, the concentrating on smaller victories makes the bigger ones more likely. And you talked about the four pounds and how and that's why it's so critical. Like when you start working with someone, it's like, let me just get them through this first week or two, get them get the ball moving in the right direction. And I think, you know, the snowball effect will take place. And so talk about that truth bomb and like how it applies to fitness and everything that you've done in your life. You know, this truth bomb, it makes me so excited to talk about this particular truth bomb because if you literally take time to enjoy the process of whatever it is that you're going through, whether you're trying to gain weight, get bigger biceps, whether you're trying to lose weight, people miss out on the best part of the journey by trying to get to, you know, a particular goal weight or they just want to skip over all of these amazing things that are happening. Do you understand that every single time you lift a dumbbell or every single time you do a squat or every single time you go to a restaurant and you choose a right meal, these small victories of you just moving and going in the right direction can be celebrated, but people don't look at it like that. They try to rush through the process. And I'm telling you, every workout you do can build your power in some way. So concentrate on the small victories. Don't just say, I worked out today. Yeah, I'm trying to get to X amount of weight. Say, yo, I slayed my workout today. Walk out of the gym or walk away from your workout, literally praising yourself. Uh, One of the things I talk about in the book, and I might jump ahead, but one of the superpowers is being selfish. Most of the time, we eliminate anything about us to try and get to this goal. And so we don't 
take time to be selfish. You don't have to walk into the middle of the street and say, yo, guys, I worked out today. I'm the bomb. You know what I mean? Whatever. You can literally say to yourself as you finish your workout, you know what, Sean? I'm so proud of you. Like, you did that. And it changes the conversation. It changes the mental conversation of whatever's going to happen for the rest of your day because you actually gave yourself a compliment. Imagine if you have kids. So for people out there who have kids or you have a spouse and they did something spectacular at school or your spouse had something amazing happen at work and they say, yo, mom, dad, I got 100% on my test. And their response was, you know, you really need to get 100 by the end of the year. Or if your spouse is like, I got a raise at work. My boss is so excited for me. You just say, well, next year you better get that 5% raise. Like, are you kidding me? You know what I'm saying? Like, your kid would be deflated and your spouse, y'all, would not have sex for probably like two weeks, right? So <laughs> the, point, the point I'm trying to make is you have to give yourself constructive and positive feedback each and every step of the way because – I'm telling you that that conversation that you have with yourself is going to propel you into the next day in such a great way. Well, you know, the thing about it too is I think what a lot of people fail to recognize in, in you know, pursuing a goal, you just know this. If you, there, there are certain things that we know to be true. If I do this X amount a day in 30 days, I'm most likely going to be at this goal. It's going to happen. So the, the, the goal, achieving the goal really isn't the magic. It's the daily inputs. It's the daily win that so few are able to allow themselves to experience because, you know, either the goal isn't motivating enough or it's like, I can't do it. There's that self doubt. But, um, I've been in situations myself before you achieve this big goal and, uh, you kind of have like this goal hangover. Cause it's like, I achieved this, but I, I didn't really enjoy all the work that I put into it and the recognition of the progress along the way. And now it's like, so it becomes like black or white, true or false. Yes or no. When in reality, it's the work. Because like you said, you know, the, you had a goal of getting back to that 170, 178, 175 area. But you, you find in the pursuit of something, well, that, that number really wasn't the end game. But it got me generally closer to where I was trying to go. So, again, giving power to, to you know, a number uh, or uh, something so specific, the success, you know, finds its way to, you know, fluidly, you know, move you forward, even if it's not exactly at the, you know, the spot you had hoped it would be. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to just jump ahead with another truth bomb because a lot of people we do talk about, I know we're talking about numbers and and giving power to a number, but for people who even like to lift weight and they're like, I want to get to 225. I'm like, so are you going to be happy at 225? (laughs) Are you actually going to look good at 225, number one? But then are you going to feel good when you get there? Because I think I may have said this, nothing looks as good as confidence feels. So you know what I mean? You have to feel great about wherever you are. So I remember when I, you know, I'm a body weighted exercise guy, but trust and believe, I, I, you know, as I get closer to 40, I'm like, yo, I'm about to roll on these weights real quick. <laughs> but um, uh, I'm a body weight exercise kind of guy. But when I was developing and I came out with my asylum workout, which actually has weights involved, people would ask me, oh my gosh, are you like 210? I'm like, no, I'm 186 pounds. They thought I was bigger. But if I strive to be 210, I would look like a house (laughs) for me, you know? And so your perception of what a number looks like is, has, is the outside person does not really care what number you are. You know what I'm saying? So if you strive to to feel good 
and to look good for who you are, it's just so much more powerful when you actually go through the process. You bet. You know, one thing you talk about in the book is to have a body you love, you need to live a life that you love. And I think that's part like, that's like the whole thing, man, right? Like if you're not happy with your life, this weight loss, it might be a, a reprieve, you know, like it might give you that initial, oh, I can feel better about situation, the overall situation now. But if you hate your life and you're not, you know, pursuing your passions and, and, and feel like you're contributing to this world, there's no amount of weight you can lose or muscle you can gain that can solve that problem. And I think that's, you know, that's the whole part of it, right? Like, and, and that stress of just not being happy, how much that holds back your fitness, you know, or your career or those other things you're pursuing, your relationships. So it's, it's a powerful statement, man. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that because my, a buddy of mine, a girlfriend, his girlfriend broke up with him. And so he, his girlfriend broke up with him and he literally next day he posted, he had a new Audi and we're like, you bought a new car. And so I called him <laughs> and I was like, did you just buy a new car? Because the conversation we had like a couple weeks ago, you were stressed about money. And he's, his response to me was, my girl broke up with me and I feel like it, I feel like I needed something to make me look good and feel good about myself, right? And I'm saying, okay, so a, you know, extra three to $400 a month bill and that you can't afford is actually going to make you feel good. Like that's the thing that's going to make you feel good. And I was like, um, I think we need to go take this car back. And so within 24 (laughs) hours, he was able to take it back. And I say all that to say outside things aren't the things that's going to make you happy. You know, working out is working out is going to make you feel good, but trying to get pretty or trying to look good to get back at the ex that broke up with you or, doing doing any of this for any outside sources is not going to make you feel good. It's about taking those small little steps and really diving into how you're going to make yourself feel better. That is so much more important because the more you do to please the outside world, the more you actually give power to everyone else. And so this is about taking your power back and like really living your best life for you. So when you actually get to that goal, you've actually been through such a process that you can say, you know, I actually believe that I can do this. I actually did this for myself and no one took the power away from me. And the confidence you'll gain from that process is amazing. So I love that. Yeah, no, that's huge, man. And I think uh, part of that too is a lot of people, cause you know, like fitness does give you a high, you know, like you can be in a shitty mood, work out and be like all jacked up, the endorphins going. Um, and it's very easy to get addicted to like they were addicted to food. Now they're addicted to exercise, right? And you become a slave to that, to that addiction and to to trying to, you know, doing it too much. Cause we, you know, the American personality is much like, uh, if, if doing this is good, doing more of it is even better. Right. So we end up now becoming slaves to fitness and, you know, we might look shredded, but we could be uh, completely unwell with the amount of stress we're putting through our system, and you know, who, who knows, possibly even wearing ourselves down to the point where we're, we're living uh, a shorter life than we would have if we were fat. <laughs> you know, so exactly. it's it's finding the balance. And one thing that, and you could tell you were a former track guy, by the way, all the <laughs> all, the, all the sports analogies in the book. But uh, you talk about starting line versus finish line, and I really like this one because. Uh, we've all made progress in our lives and we can all remember like if we had, uh, you know, whether you're an uh, audacious personality or you had dreams and maybe you said them out loud and people laughed at you and 
those that did not support you at all in the beginning, but now they come back when you're a big deal and like, oh, I always knew you'd do it. Or, uh, you know, so you, you obviously have really climbed. I mean, your trajectory is uh, doesn't get much higher uh, than what you've achieved in the space of fitness and, and you've worked your ass off for it and you've been through the grinder. But talk to us about how things were at the starting line and the finish line and what you learned about people around you and ultimately yourself in the process. Yeah. So, I mean, not to go really dark here, but when you're sexually abused and molested as an eight-year-old boy, the foundation of who you are becomes completely controlled by someone else. And so you're living in this space where you're silent, you feel alone, everything is dark. And going to school and making an honor roll and doing all the and playing sports even as a young kid means absolutely nothing everyone else can celebrate this but you can't because you're hiding this horrible thing that's been happening to you almost every night for four years and so you get older and sometimes we push things like that aside and then you get older and those things start to creep back in your life because now you actually want to be happy. Now you see that there is a possibility for you to control your life. So for me, in order for me to progress, in order for me to have a trajectory of not only confidence but success, I had to go back and visit that eight-year-old boy. And I had to go back and talk to that eight-year-old boy, my eight-year-old self. And I want people to know that you at the beginning of your journey, that's the strongest person you'll ever know because you're the person who got through the tough times. If you weigh 300 pounds, you have to understand that that first workout is the toughest workout you ever had. That person is way stronger than the person you are today because that's the person that's the first leg of your relay race. And I talk about how you know, life is a relay race and you are passing a baton off to yourself. And so the first person has to have the most power in order to get off the block so that you can know that you can do this, even though that person may have been in that darkest space. And so as you go through life and as you start to propel forward, you start to hand a baton off and say, okay, you start to build a little more confidence. But some people think that the goal is actually the finish line. And so I'm talking a book about the last 70 meters. And if anyone out there has watched track and field, the 400 meters at the Olympics, Alice and Felix, you'll see that the last 70 meters of any race is where you can win or lose the race because you have to take everything that you've been through. It's literally on your back. And you have to say to yourself, I can do this and I can propel myself through. Make sure you understand it. I said, I didn't say you can propel yourself to the finish line. You can propel yourself through the finish line because when you run to the finish line, guess what happens? Your result stops and that's when the yo-yo begins. But if you run through the finish line, my coach always taught me to run 10 meters past the finish line so that when you begin your next race, you already have the momentum from the previous race. And so that's what the finish line is about. It's about running through the finish line so that when you do get to that goal number or that amazing job or that new house, what is the next step and how are you going to continue to progress? And did you go back and visit that person that started the journey? Because the starting line is just as important as when you run through the finish line. Because a lot of people also say, I'm a new person. No, you're not. You're in the same skin. Your, your heart is beating the same. The blood is going through your body. You're an enhanced version of you. And the minute that people actually accept the fact that they're not changed, 
they're just a better version of themselves, that's when they can actually really relate to and, and, and be excited about the journey and those small steps that we talked about before and be like, yo, I passed the baton to myself. I ran this race myself and I'm still running and I'm so proud that I, I got my own gold medal by just getting here where I am today. And that's why it's so important too, because again, it's life is not a single race. It's multiple races, right? So a lot of people will do, and you and I both, we've sold, you know, 60 day, 30 day, whatever, 90 day programs. And really like, we, you know, you do anything, it's about getting people to the next program because that's what people respond to. Like no one's going to respond to, Hey, I got this five year membership site. It's going to transform you in five years with daily workouts. You know, they want to know in 30 days, X amount of uh, progress can be, uh, you know, objectively, uh, you know, categorized and people set themselves up with something that they can barely finish the race. And then that's it. They can't run another one. Right. Um, and that's like almost every January comes and I'm going to do whatever 30 day ass kicking, you know, starve myself, work out, you know, so much every day and they can't run the next race. And they, if they get to the finish line, uh, they've got nothing left. Right. And, you know, I want to say to that, you know, coming into the new new year, new you, there's nothing new about you because you have the tools to just continue. You just got to enhance it. But I want to say I want to, you know, go a little further there because we're coming toward the end of the year. So when if you're listening, when you get to the new year, I have a question for you. Would you rather lose seven pounds in 15 days and brag about, oh my goodness, I lost seven pounds in 15 days. And then on day 16, you're too sore to move. And then you gain those seven pounds back plus, or would you rather lose a half a pound every single day or not every day? (laughs) Would you rather lose a half a pound a week or two and a half pounds a week over the course of the year and stay motivated and committed? Or you know, if you do sign up for a 30 day program or a 60 day program, would you, do you want to power through and burn yourself out and be like, you know, this is not sustainable for me. Or do you want to enjoy the process and say, I did so well with this that I'm actually going to add another 30 days because don't, you can't go out too hard. You have to go out too smart, be too smart, not too hard. Because when you're smart about the situation and you're smart about the journey, that's when the feeling becomes more sustainable. And that's when your results and your commitment become even more sustainable. You bet. And that, that's the whole, you know, training smart, eating smart. Like people look at it as, okay, I, how much do I have to avoid versus how much can I add? Right. I mean, that's what's the, what's the smallest amount of exercise that I need to add to get the results I'm looking for? Because I know I can, I know I can at least do this. And then if I have to add some, it's still not that much or, you know, like people joke about carbs and carbs are good. Carbs are bad. But ultimately the goal with your carbohydrate intake is to find the maximum amount you can take in without, you know, smoothing out like the Michelin man, right? And that's <laughs> and having energy. So when you approach it from that standpoint, like you said, it, it's a, there are multiple races to be ran. Uh, make sure the, the, the race you're running right now is not going to let you put you in a situation where you can't run the next one. And uh, one thing you talk about too, I love I love this part you mentioning it and you're one of the few that actually does it. I'm a big believer of it too in the programs I make is the concept of scaling exercise and creating modifiers, right? Because like you said, uh, you're never stronger than you are when you decide to make a change. When you're 50 pounds overweight and there aren't even gym clothes that are made for you, 
Like you got to really put yourself out there, like everything, like, you don't know, am I going to fart during this workout? (laughs) Can I last more than five minutes? Um, like you are like literally, uh, in the discomfort zone, which you also talk about. Uh, but then it's like, if I'm 50 pounds overweight and you tell someone do, do as many pull-ups as you can, you're not going to do one. So that there's you, there's no success option for you. And then you're automatically a failure. And that's like gym class for the fat kid, right? You know, the chin up test, well, uh, it's a zero. I, actually, I, I would get like a 0.5. I get halfway up, but they didn't count the 0.5. So I had nothing to be proud of that day. So you're a big fan of scaling and starting where you are. And, and, and the thing about the modifier too, like you could look at it, this is a, I'm a failure or I'm a loser. I'm a beginner. I'm, you know, but you can crush yourself. Uh, fit people can crush themselves with modifiers, right? I mean, yeah. if you know, if you attack it with, with zest. So talk to us about that. Man, every single workout that I do now and even my live events when it's like, you know, hundreds of people in the room, I make sure that someone on stage with me is modifying and not going to the floor. And I also give people the freedom. I say, listen, I'm going to do this. The modifier is going to do that. But if you just feel like dancing to the music, you can do that, too. People need to have freedom and understand that any kind of movement that they feel successful at is actually going to help get them to the goal. Because the worst thing, even for me, when I had gained the weight, the worst thing for me was walking into the weight room that first time. And I talk about, in a book, I'm really vulnerable about the fact that I'm about to walk through this weight room and all these guys are like big, they all look like BJ. And they're all ripped, you know? (laughs) And I'm trying to walk through the door and I'm like, oh my gosh, everyone's going to be staring at me. And, you know, you go through this entire process. But when I did decide to walk through that door, I just said, you know what? I'm just going to do what I can do. And because I did what I can do and I felt successful at what I can do, I felt confident at what I can do, what made me me go back and continue to do it. So in my workouts, I, I supplied a modifier and I'm like, listen, I don't care if I go right and you go left, just make sure you keep going. Because eventually we're going to be on the same track. And I'm fine with you taking your own track as long as you never, ever give up. I love it, man. And, and you also talk about you mentioned live events and you, you said you were like the whole Sean T live experience. Like I'm, I'm seeing you all over all over the country, just nonstop. I mean, maybe he's sleeping, maybe he's not, um, but still energizing people, inspiring. And you said like uh, you kind of simultaneously loved and hated it. Uh, can you can you touch on on why? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> loving and hating Shanti live. Well, most people come up to me and they say, "I love you, but I hate you, Shanti." Um, <laughs> even for me, it goes back to, you know, what people like people. You know, you said you see me, uh, you see me traveling, and a lot of people probably see me in a different city every couple of days. But I'm gonna tell you something. It is rough, and I have to refill my cup because I can't give on empty. And there are times where, you know, some people say, what do you do when you're not motivated? Well, I ask myself the question, is, is it that I'm not motivated because my body's tired or am I being lazy? And if I'm being lazy, I just get creative, which is superpower number, number 32. Uh, I get creative and I say, well, I need to do something else. And that's why I play tennis. And that's why I dance, because I don't always want to do insanity. I have to get creative. But if I'm feeling tired then I have to take myself and plop down on the couch and be fine with eating peanut M&Ms because that's going to make me actually feel better. Because 
when you give so much of yourself, you have to be able to give it back. That's for single moms, moms anyway, dads, you know, parents in general, or if you give a lot to your family, you have to find time for yourself because if you do too much for other people and you continue to give and you continue to give your energy, you're going to start to not like what you do. And so you can love it, but you can also get to a point where you hate it. And the same thing happens with people who do my workouts. I know that they're like, oh, Sean, I love you when I finish, but I hate you when I'm doing it because it's so hard. And so I say, and I want to say to everyone out there, you don't have to do my workout. You don't even have to read my book. But what I want you to do is find something and find a tool that's going to make you successful and happy. Because like what you said, BJ, a while ago, you know, Americans, we get on this kick. It's like this person's doing this, so everybody has to do it. No, you don't have to do it. You can use the shake weight for all I care, as long as you get that tricep right. You know what I mean? Like if that's, if that's your journey, I'm not going to hate on you if that's your journey. Transercise. I'm like, come all the way through in a park. I would love to see you prancing down the park if that's what you want to do. But it's what you want to do. So love what you do and give back to yourself. And if you feel like you burnt out, then give yourself time and give yourself a moment in a day where you can feel free. The, you know, the hilarious thing about the shake weight is that if you progress from a lighter to a heavier shake weight, you're going to gain some size. <laughs> People <laughs> yes. overlook that, that progressive overload with the shake yeah, weight. That shoulder is going to be everything. <laughs> I love it. Well, the thing too, like, and you know, uh, I remember one quote from uh, Jay Leno. Um, and like you can, I'm sure when you're someone who makes content daily, whether it's writing or performing on a daily basis, you can appreciate how hard that is for even a month, but nonetheless, year after year. And he said, you know, I used to be funny. And then I did the tonight show. <laughs> it's like, it can't be funny. It can't be hilarious every night. Um, you were certainly on some of those days, maybe not, maybe they only got 80% of Sean T that day because he was super tired and ran down. It was three days back to back. Um, and I think a lot of us, we always want to be at our best, right? Cause with Instagram, I can take the whole day to make sure the lighting is ideal for the selfie I'm trying to take in life. You don't wow. get, you don't get that ability, right? Like you're, you're going to have to show up, take. <laughs> right? You have to show up sometimes and, and it may not be your best. Um, and it could be because you're unmotivated for whatever reason. It could be because you're tired. It could be a combination of both, but, um, you, you still kept showing up and, and how do you manage that? Cause I, I think that's a, something a lot of us will never pursue something cause we know we can't be our best every day when in reality it's because, uh, most are un, unwilling to show themselves uh, not at their worst, but not at their best. That gives those people like you the opportunity, right? Yeah, I want to. I want to touch on something really quick. What you said about this selfie light, because I think that's oh, please, the best please. selfie. <laughs> so, the before and after picture is something really interesting to me. <clears throat> I remember I tried it. You know, a lot of times people ask me, "Well, can I have a before picture for when you were fat?" And you know, we want to put a picture next to you now. And I'm like, first of all, I have those photos, but let me tell you something. They are a snapshot in time because when you're overweight and if you look at any, anything where there's a before and after picture and my commercials are guilty of it, you know, people are standing there with a sad face and they're like, you know, they're just, they're, yeah, the confidence is really low. And when people post the after picture, 
they have the best lighting, they have the body in the best angle, and, I, and you know, the picture looks amazing. And here's the thing. I'm so happy for you. Just like I was happy for myself when I felt really good the first time I took off my shirt and I had a six-pack. But that's a snapshot in time. And the minute I realized that that was just a snapshot in time, that's when I realized that, you know, sustainability is so important. So continue to take the before and after picture. But what happened before the before? How did you actually get to the before? Because that's what I had to do. I had to ask myself, how did I actually get to the point where I was unhappy with who I am? And then ask yourself, what am I going to do after I take the after photo? So I just wanted to touch on that because it's really important for people to understand that there's a sandwich of, of amazingness that happens when you go through a journey. But going back to what you asked me about how do I, you know, fill my cup back up. So last night I'm in Seattle and I am at the end of my book tour. And this part of the tour has the workout segments to it. BJ. So I had to take a photo with like 200 people sign 200 books. And then I had to teach a class. that was like 35, 40 minute class, you know, my classes and crazy and <laughs> insane craziness. And then, so then I had to literally 15 minutes. I had to teach another 35 minute high intensity class and then sign books and take photos with people. Now for me, I have to literally, before I go into that situation, I have to prep my mind to say, where's your energy level and how much can you give to each person? Because I want to be able to give as much as I can, but full disclosure, I was in that second workout and it was toward the end of the workout. And I literally had to have a moment on stage. So if anyone's listening to this, and you were in <laughs> Seattle last night at the very end of the workout, when I'm doing the post-workout stretch before I get my final like, motivational speech, you know, I'm doing a hamstring stretch and I held them down there for longer than I normally would. And I'm saying to myself, Shanti, you better pull up, like you better get it together. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I had to literally motivate myself to roll up in my next inhale, exhale, because I was completely dead. And so I had to take that moment to say, these people came here to see you. You have to utilize their energy to get through this, but you have to crash. And so here's the full disclosure vulnerability moment that I'm going to let you have. I said to myself, you did so good today, Sean, when you finish this, you're going to eat whatever you want. And sure enough, I went to a <laughs> diner afterwards. I had a, a meat lover skillet. I didn't eat the eggs because right now eggs don't agree with me. I had a meat lover skillet. Wait for it. I had the steak and eggs, but I just got more hash browns instead of the eggs. And then I had pancakes and I ate every single bite and I didn't get mad at myself I rewarded myself so I say all that to say people it's okay to reward yourself that one meal is not going to make me gain 20 pounds right <laughs> but how do you give back to yourself how do you reward yourself on a daily basis and don't be afraid to and BJ and you can say this and here's this isn't a, this isn't a truth bomb I put in my book but the truth bomb is the truth not everybody's going to be a fitness model. You know what I'm saying? It's just not going to happen. And it's totally fine. Just like not everybody's going to be a gold medal sprinter. Just like everyone's not going to be a gymnast. Like, I, you know, I try to do gymnastics and I'm six foot one. I can't flip. You know what I mean? Like, we all can't be what we see, but we can be who we are. And so if you find that great moment in yourself and you give back to yourself and don't put the pressure on yourself, you will have such an amazing, you will literally live your best life. You know, and that's, that gets back to the whole thing of sabotaging your level of contentness with your life by comparing yourself 
to others, right? And there's a lot of up and coming yeah. trainers who'd be like, I want to be like Sean T. And it's like, well, look, there's like five to 10. Well, there's only one Sean T, but there's five to 10 people like him in the world that kind of do what he does. <laughs> the odds are stacked against you. Not that you don't want to pursue it, but you got to be uh, the best you can be within your circumstance and stance. It doesn't mean you can't have uh, an incredible impact on others. It may not be as many people, but uh to not pursue that because you can't be as good as somebody else, it's, 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 it's a shame. And I think that's the, it's, but it's so hard not to compare yourself to others now because of social media. And, you know, we're now in this like incredible entrepreneur success culture and it's tough, man. It's, it's a tough situation. <laughs> I want to say this, um, you know, you're talking and I'm like, I'm like itching to say something to comment <laughs> on this because I do get a lot of young guys, you know, I can say young because I'll be 40 soon, but um, I get a lot of young guys in their late twenties to early thirties and I get messages from them all the time. And they say, you know, I'm trying to be like you. And I don't ever say you can't be like me, but I give them when I start to mentor someone as far as entrepreneurship or where they want to go, I literally drill them with questions about who they are and what is it that they want. And at the end of my mentorship, when I do mentor someone, they end up saying, wow, like there's no way I can be like you or I can be like this other person. And they find what they are great at. They find like this amazing success. Like there was one guy who was like, I want to do this. I want to be this. I want to be like this big fitness thing. And I helped him develop an online program that was specific to him about like his it has nothing to do with fitness, you know? And so I want people to say, like, I, it's not that, you know, I don't want to be an inspiration to you or you shouldn't have, you know, Serena Williams or whomever as your inspiration. But what I am saying to you is while you're aspiring to be something or maybe like somebody, you have to look within and ask yourself, what am I great at and what am I passionate about? Because are you passionate about that person's success are you passionate about the steps that it took to get them there? Because Shanti didn't get here overnight. You know, BJ didn't get to where you are overnight. If you, you know, if you went through and told everybody how you got to where you are this very day and the changes that happened in your life just over the last year and why they changed, they would be like, oh, wow. You know, so go on your journey. And I would love it if I saw another, you know, Shanti. Maybe it'll be, you know, one of the kids that I'm about to have. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you know, that's great. Like I would be happy for you. I would support them, but use me as an inspiration. And I, it's not about me. I hate talking about myself like that, but if you are aspiring to be a trainer, use me or the person you look to as an inspiration, but make sure you hold on to who you are, because I'm telling you, you have the power to create something even greater because it's something you believe in. You bet. No, that, that's fantastic. Uh, one, one of the superpowers that there are seven superpowers you talk about in the book, Uh, The first one and arguably the most important one is, as you put it, uncomfortability, Mm -hmm. Uh, being okay with discomfort. And I think right now we are like I talk about this all the time. Like we are literally in a situation where you can find food and drink within seconds anywhere. You can have someone stretch you like there's I just saw like I think Massage Envy now is offering a full you can go for an hour and have someone do all the stretches for you. Um, You know, so you can literally make. Get everything done in your life now if you have the resources uh, without doing a whole lot of work. And we have become very uncomfortable, uh, well, very 
comfortable with not I'm, I'm losing there's so many there's so many comforts but you know what I'm you know what I'm getting at like very uncomfortable getting uncomfortable exactly yes <laughs> like we can't be hungry we can't be tired we can't uh, we can't experience a little bit of stress uh, or hardship without like losing ourselves um, and in most cases uh, I think about the opportunities I've had in my life and my initial reaction to it being on a lot of the ones that were game changers for me like oh man that's gonna suck um, yeah. I'm going to hate doing a, a good portion of what, what's required to get that done. Uh, it's that first initial response, that red flag to, to, to discomfort. And if you can allow yourself to just immerse yourself in it, there are some amazing things on the other side. So can you talk about that one? Because that's the one that I think uh, everybody wants to lose weight without being hungry a little bit. They want to make more money without having to put in the time or more hours. Um you can't do it. So how can we get comfortable with being uncomfortable? So am I allowed to curse on your podcast? This is, it's called the weekly BJ. Okay. <laughs> okay. There we go. Yeah. So here it is. I've been in fitness for 20 years and I'm still fucking uncomfortable every damn day, every mother day. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable about something. Come on, people. Like, you know, they say life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And when I try to be perfect, because perfection is temporary, change is constant. But when I tried to be perfect, I was miserable. And so I just embraced the fact that uncomfortable moments are going to happen and you have to embrace them. Because if you don't, if you don't, you're missing out on the most powerful thing that you will ever have. And so I tell everybody there's this thing called a secret backpack. Everything you've been through has a superpower and has a tool that you can put in that backpack that you can use later in life. If you've been through a divorce, guess what? You know that you can overcome major triumphs and you can figure out how you do that. And that's your tool. If you've overcome a sickness and the thing that got through you through it was spirituality, then you know that's a tool. My spirituality is a major tool. You know, so everything you go through, you have you have a superpower that you can gain from that, but there's no one out there that's had a perfect life. And so if you look at that and say, you know, actually my life wasn't perfect. (laughs) Oh, I was uncomfortable a lot in my life. Oh, well, in order for me to to have gotten here, then I was really fucking uncomfortable. (laughs) I'm sorry, drop it. No, no, hey, man, let it flow. Oh, great. Cool. Now that I know what it's like to be uncomfortable and know that I've survived many uncomfortable moments, let me get really uncomfortable because I want to attain this particular goal or this particular feeling. And that's why uncomfortability is superpower number one, because the minute you say you want something that you don't have, you know that the hurdles that are going to be in your way are going to be super, super tough. But you accepted the challenge, so accept the uncomfortability. I love it, man. No, there, there's no way... You do anything special in life that is worth looking back on with pride that doesn't put you in a situation where you question yourself at the core. Can I do this? Um, am I good enough? You know, and, and these are the these are the times, right? Like it's during the workout where you talk about all the time, dig deeper. Like right now, you you your your body wants to quit, but the mind has the capacity to tell the body to keep going. And when one of the uh, kind of closing out here, I, I won't we'll touch on this and one more thing, because uh I want to touch on the hater part because haters are, you know, they're important. They're important these days. Um, You talk about early on in the book, the only meaningful obstacles are mental ones. 
Absolutely. And so everything that we've discussed along the way on this particular call, and if people are listening and they're following along, and I hope you kind of really uh, internalize what's happening in your life or what's happened in your life, the only way to get through anything is mentally. Because at some point, you're not going to want to work out that day. But what's going to make you work out that day? The conversation you're having in your head. And so what I like for people to do is at some point, once a week, is really think about the mental soundtrack of your life. What is the soundtrack of your life saying? You know, we make these amazing playlists, or if you go to a movie, they have the soundtrack of the movie, and it makes the, the movie, it takes the movie on that emotional journey. But what's the soundtrack of your life in words? And so what have you done in your life to make you understand that you got here and just really embrace the change and really embrace the struggle? Because that's really what it's about. You have to just embrace everything that's happened to you and really go mentally into your head so that you know that you can do this. And I've been doing something lately in my live workouts. So, you know, I do three, three, uh, high intensity moves and then I take a 30 second break or four, and then I take a 30 second break. And then I have this thing called a power move, which pushes you to that dig deep moment. And so in later, later in my workouts, so we get to that third round where we're doing four exercises, 30 seconds, four exercises, 30 seconds, four exercises, 30 seconds, and then they have the power move, and everyone is completely exhausted. And so they're like, what, is Sean going to give me a hit the floor, a tuck jump, or is he going to give me a crazy power jump? And so what I tell them to do for that power, for that minute, is I have them be quiet. I'm like... The biggest power move you could ever do is what is the conversation that's going on in your head during this workout? Because that conversation is the conversation that's actually going to propel you to the next day. And how positive are you thinking as you are, are you as you're in plank position? Because I say if you can hold up your body, you can hold up your life. When your arms start shaking and your core is burning and the sweat is dripping in your eyes and your legs start shaking and your knees wants to go down, but you're not wanting to put your knees down, what are you saying to yourself in order to get through this moment through the next 30 seconds? And so that's why the mental toughness is so important when you are going through any journey. Think about when you're doing that last bench press and you're, you go to the gym that day just to see how much you can bench, right? When that weight comes down, when it has to go back up, you're not saying, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. Because if you do that weight and that bar is going to stay on your chest. But if you say, I can do this, that gives you so much power from the brain to the body to all those muscle fibers that's going to help you push up to help with the kinetic energy and the kinetic chain for you to push forward. And so it all starts with the mind. If you conquer your mind, and I know people can't see me, but if you conquer your mind, you can transform your life. And that's why I have these tattoos on my arms. Wow. Very nice, man. No, that it's it's so well stated, and I think a, a lot of what people don't realize too. Where it, this is why I think athletes have unique advantage. I think in a lot of settings because uh, athletics and, and training both are are really conditioning tools to manage failure. Uh, most times, the bench press doesn't come up, so it's how are you going to respond to missing that rep or uh, losing a game in the last second. And that, that really is like, to me, what training is, like you said, training is your ability to handle progressively more discomfort and to be, and to go through a bad workout and not let it destroy your day because you still did it. 
And, uh, yeah. you know, get, getting back to like allowing things to, to ruin your day when uh, in reality you should be happy you actually got the workout in. Um, you talk about haters and uh, you're, you're such a, a, a nice down to earth guy. It's like almost impossible to imagine that someone want to give you grief, but you know, get, they're all out there. And the more people that follow you, the more haters come with it. Um, and I know that there's been many days I can think of over the last couple of years where I've allowed a single person, like there's, there were 10 nice things said or more. And then a single person comes in and I gave them the power to ruin my day and affect the mood with which I had for myself and everybody around me. And you hate yourself, um, at the moment, um, that you let them get to you, but you're human. How do you deal with haters in your life? They don't have to be uh, social media trolls. They can be the people at work that drive you crazy or, you know, the family member that, you know, it's unfortunate their blood because you would love to just move on. Um, There's haters all around us and you become, uh, I can't think of a a guy who is more equipped to handle than you. (laughs) Thank you. It was tough. I, you know, I've had people in my family hate on me. Uh, when I lost weight, they called me skinny. And so they're like, Oh my God, you're too skinny. But in a negative way. And I'm like, what do you mean? I feel so good about myself, you know? And I've had people online, you know, I hate to use this word, but I have people call me a fag and I let it ruin my day. And I can tell you a story when I came out with hip hop abs and they didn't, there was my space and infomercial reviews. And I would see what people were saying because I was so excited and I would have a hundred amazing comments of people like, Oh my gosh, Sean T has so much working out. And one really negative comment and would help ruin my day. And so going through all of this, whether it's family, whether it's coworker, whether it's a social media troll or someone that just doesn't like your workout. One of the things that I had to tell myself is, no matter how authentic you are to yourself, Sean, not everybody's going to like you. And actually, that's okay. Because if everyone did like you, you would never be able to move and go through life. And I do talk about haters in the book, but I want to say, you know what? Haters make the world go round. They make me want to make the world a better place. So I use haters as motivation to continue forward and combat the negativity that's happening in life. And what I want people to try and do, and this kind of, when it comes to haters, and it also helps with, you know, I'll, I talk about in the book how you have the average of five closest people to you and, and how to build your cast of people that can make a positive force field around you and how to not let negativity penetrate your force field. Because it's going to happen, and it's totally fine. And then the minute you accept that I'm going to post this or I'm going to walk into this party or I'm going to go into work and give this presentation and somebody's not going to like my social media posts and somebody's going to not like my outfit when I walk into this party or somebody's going to talk behind my back about this amazing presentation, not saying that you have to be negative and bring in negativity, But as long as you know what's going to happen, that actually gives you more power to be more authentic to who you are. Because the best way to combat haters is to completely love who you are and to be as authentic to who you are. Because then, no matter what people say, you don't have to worry about it. The worst is, and this is for people who are on social media who do have haters, if you're questioning your post or if you're going to the party and you're actually questioning your outfit and you're not confident about that, or if you're giving a presentation and you're trying to be like someone else, then that haterism is probably true because you're not being 100% you. But if you go into these situations and 
you post something that you actually believe that you actually experience and it's not just about smiling it's about what you actually believe from the core of who you are or if you walk into this party and you're like i feel really good in this outfit or if you go into and do this presentation and you come up with some unique things about you of how to present and all of this is authentic to you then the haters are going to slide off like what's that stuff you put on your windshield so that the water just come the water just comes down off your windshield what's it called uh, uh, windshield wiper fluid yeah, that, but the flu, not the fluid, the, the stuff that you put on when it rains, it just drips away. Anyway, oh, okay. I'm trying to come up with it. I forget what it's called. But anyway, it's going to be like that. The haters are just going to slide off you. It's going to be like, they're not even going to bother you because you're so authentic to who you are. So you're reading, a, and I give lessons in the book and self-assessments on how to deal with haters. But more, most important is just like, how do you let these things slide off your back? Just being honest and true to yourself. If you have truth, trust, and transparency with who you are, then no one will be able to penetrate your positivity. Good note to end on, man. Where can we learn more about the book, and where can they follow you everywhere? Um, I do. I want to correct myself for something. There'll still be people who will penetrate the positivity, but you'll be able to go deep within and say, am I being true to me? And if the answer is yes, you'll let them uh, filter off. All right. Sorry. Uh, where can you get the book? You can go to T is for transformation.com. So at T is for transformation.com, you can get the audio book. Uh, you can get the Kindle. It's on the hardcover, which I actually really love. And um, you can also become a book club leader. So you can sign up for the book club. If you want to take people through a transformation and a mental transformation, you can get a group of people and not just read through it because the book is a page turner. Like you will want to read, but I give these self tests so you can actually connect the story to who you are and how to make sure your transformation is um, really, really authentic to you. And, uh, there you go. You can get it at SeanTFitness.com slash book too, but go to TSFortransformation.com. There you go. And then uh, it's at Sean T on, uh, on social media. It's at Sean T on Instagram and Twitter and Sean T Fitness on Facebook. Awesome. And dude, thank you so much for your time. Congrats on the new book. You've got two twins on the way with you and your husband that you guys have been waiting a long time for that to happen. Congratulations. And then on a, on a closing note, man, um, I want you to know, uh, back in 2014, when I, when my book came out and I was able to meet you at that men's health event and you were gracious enough to share the book, uh, to your followers, to someone like me who was still, you know, and I'm, I'm still coming up, you know, I think we're all, we're all still coming up and trying to be better. Um, I want you to know how much that meant to me and, uh, how much it spoke to your character to, you know, not a lot of people do that. You know, not, not a lot of people want to help other people and especially when they're at a level that you you are you were and are and uh, i just want you to know, never forget that man thank you so much you'll always have a friend in me man you know when i met you guys or I, I, when i met you but i met that entire team that day and i remember walking away and being like bj is just such a good guy i need people to know this good guy so i'm always going to support you man so thank you Thank you, man. Uh, have a beautiful day. Get some, uh, get some rest. Have some M and M's, uh, and keep killing it. I will have some M and M's. Trust and believe. All right, guys. Awesome. I took a, I took a screenshot of us so I can share it with my people. So I'm gonna go follow you for some motivation. I appreciate that, dude. Uh, let me know I can help with anything. Uh, thank you, guys and gals, for listening. Follow Sean T everywhere, and be sure to check out T is for Transformation his new book. I've got it right next to me right now, and just the truth bombs alone. 
that are peppered throughout the book are worth the price of admission beyond everything else he has to offer. Just an incredible story. Uh, We'll see you next week, guys. Peace. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the weekly BJ podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when each weekly episode is posted. Follow me everywhere on social media at BJ Gador, B-J-G-A-D-D-O-U-R. And for more podcasts, plus workout, meal prep, and mobility content, please visit thedailybj.com, hashtag not a porn site. Membership is just $9.69 per month. Cancel anytime.